Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exzoneradiotv.com or www.xzonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiaka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiaka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiaka. Hello, dear evolutionary friends, and thank you for joining me, Gwilda Wiecka, on another exciting adventure into future possibilities. You're listening to Mission Evolution Radio Show, where we share 
innovative thoughts and information with today's leading esoteric and scientific experts supporting the co-creation of a better tomorrow. You, treasured listeners, are invited to participate in our discussions. Email me at info at missionevolution.org with any comments or questions. We'll address them on the very next show. So grab your pad and pen, take notes, sit back, and enjoy. This hour, we'll consider evolving from competition to collaboration. As populations grow, cultures once isolated become begin to converge. When diverse cultures are confronted with each other, only too often the first reaction is polarization, competition, and conflict. Like it or not, we've all been programmed in, as in, in, indoctrinated by our respective cultures into certain ways of thinking and behaving. Frequently, these beliefs can be diametrically opposed to other traditions. Naturally, each faction is convinced their way is the right way to the exclusion of all others. As we are experiencing, the inevitable conflict can be devolutionary rather than evolutionary in nature. Is there a way to change this conflict into collaboration? Can we blend our diversity to create something even greater? How can we come together and use our differences to evolve to a more powerful and inclusive culture? With us this hour to explore the power of collaboration is Sambrita Basu. Sambrita is a culture and change agent, entrepreneur, and thought leader who coaches and consults organizations on how to effectively navigate change, improve organizational health. With a diverse background in neuroscience, analytics, music, and 12-plus years in business counseling, she uses multiple modalities to help companies become more collaborative and inclusive. She's combined her top-tier expertise to develop her own consulting practice, culturecounts.io. Her website, culturecounts.io. Sabrina, on behalf of our listeners and myself, welcome to Mission Evolution. Hi, Gwilda. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. Do you mind sharing with us, what's your educational background? Well, um, so it's interesting. You know, I have a bachelor's from uh, Johns Hopkins University where I studied neuroscience and specifically cognitive neuroscience. And then I sort of pivoted after that um, into an MBA, which I did abroad at INSEAD, um, a school in France. And I focused really on organizational behavior in my MBA. So how can we use neuroscience essentially to change organization, to change businesses and workplaces? So what is a cultural and change agent? Well, um, you know, it's exactly what it sounds like. (laughs) Uh, I think we know that especially in today's workplaces, there is a um, a lot of change going on. There's, as you said, um, diversity increasing, different um, people of different backgrounds coming together, um, having to work alongside one another day after day, which inevitably, you know, leads to certain levels of conflict. And so a big part of my work is coming in, helping to navigate through that conflict and find ways to create a more inclusive um, and more accepting culture. So how did you get interested in the field? Well, uh, that's an interesting question. Uh, I think, you know, just having my background in neuroscience um, and, you know, personally as well, I have always had sort of a different lifestyle, you know, both being born an Indian American, 
um, and kind of feeling different in the U.S. where I'm from. Um, and then also just having a kind of unique lifestyle where I've been a singer, a musician, as well as, um, you know, working as a business consultant. I've found it personally so important to be able to create workplaces that are accepting of kind of diverse points of view and diverse ways of thinking. And so I think that's kind of where it came from is this passion for my own life. So how does your background in neuroscience assist you in helping people become more collaborative? Well, um, you know, a big part of the diversity work that I do in organizations and the culture work is really training employees and training leaders on how the mind works and how the mind has evolved over time. Um, And as I'm sure you know and you alluded to a little bit, uh, we have pretty much been programmed to um, fear anything that's different from us. And that really comes from our primal days of, you know, when we were into protecting our tribes and just focused on survival um, and focused on finding others who are like us and avoiding others who are different. Um, And so that is something that has actually been wired into our brains, into our limbic systems. So a big part of uh, culture change and change management in organizations is really educating and fostering this awareness among employees and among leaders that that's kind of how we are wired and that's something we have to actively work against if we want diversity and inclusion. Why do you suppose the first reaction to diversity is often polarization, competition, and conflict? Hmm. Well, uh, you know, I think that one other, you know, compounding issue here is that our country and our society's foundation has really always been capitalism and thus competition. And, you know, that's kind of been, you know, ingrained in us as well. Um, And workplaces have been set up accordingly so that, you know, the focus has really been on, on the eye. So it's been on individual performance, And, you know, one of the things that we really, one of the things I come in to really try to change is developing more team-based performance metrics and evaluations that rely on effective collaboration across functions. Um, You know, so that's just one of the ways where we can change the mind to stop, you know, to override kind of this focus on the I and focus on the we. Would you mind defining collaboration as we're speaking of it today? Hmm. Um, Well, you know, I think of collaboration as being pretty much the polar opposite of competition. So, you know, again, I'll use the example of the I versus the we. Um, Collaboration is really about, you know, maybe at times giving up, um, some of the entire pie, right? So sharing our successes, sharing our failures, um, really working uh, across different lines to find the truth. Um, And yeah, that's a very, (laughs) it's a complicated question I could go on for 
for hours on. So, so what's what do you use um, as a carrot, if you will? To, you know, people if they're going to give up something, they want something in return. What what yeah. do you pose as they're going to get in return for sharing the glory, if you will? Well, I mean, it's actually inevitable right now because you know the business world um, has become so unpredictable. There, there's so much changing in markets. Um, there's so much new competition coming up. Um, you know, startups are presenting a threat to existing businesses. And so what's really required is a lot of agility um, in organizations, which means a lot of cross-functional collaboration if organizations want to survive. Um, and, you know, companies are seeing that more and more, that it's not just about, you know, an individual's role, but it's really about how well does an individual or how well does a specific function work with other functions? Um, so, you know, that's kind of the carrot right there. And then, um, you know, the more leadership can kind of bring in incentives for people to work across different lines, um, you know, so and those can be both monetary and non-monetary incentives. Um, you know, the more we can kind of change minds to start working that way. Um, we're just about out of time in this segment, but would you mind telling us what cross-functional collaboration is? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, well, you know, one of the most, um, I guess, common examples is in an organization. There will be your, you know, IT function and there will be your different business functions. So, you know, marketing, say. And it's interesting because each function in an organization often has its own sort of culture. Um, and it will also have its own sort of, um, you know, types of people, be it work styles, it can even be cultural backgrounds. So a lot of the times you'll find an IT team that is, you know, largely Asian American. And, you know, as an example, you might find another team that's more Caucasian. And then, so how do you, um, kind of bridge the communication there. Um, how do you ensure that there is really um, collaboration happening and understanding? And um, how do you diffuse conflict in certain mm -hmm. situations? Well, um, diffusing conflict is going to be, I think, a huge part of our discussion, but we are at that point where we need to take a commercial break. Sambrita and I will return shortly, so don't you folks go away. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show, coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Patty Conklin grew up in Brooktondale, New York with a unique ability. Unlike others, she could see how the vibration of words and emotions affected the physical body. She discovered how to release stored emotion and facilitate healing. This began today's Conklin method of cellular cleansing. The private practice grew with tremendous results, as did her reputation. More and more people sought her out, bringing her into the home for healing. She soon realized she could even teach this to others, and they could shift perception and thus prevent illness from occurring. Patty Conklin quickly became a frequent keynote speaker, and she developed a curriculum for teaching the Conklin method of cellular cleansing. For more information, visit pattyconklin.com. 
P-A-T-T-I-C-O-N-K-L-I-N, pattyconklin.com, or call 404-474-0086. That's 404-474-0086. Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals, as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality. Is formulated from zoolite, whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit VitalityHappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME. Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Thanks for staying with us. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, missionevolution.org. We're dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. To all of our faithful and thoughtful listeners, we really do value your opinion and would love to hear from you. What do you think about the concept of blending diversity? Will we lose ourselves in the process or will we gain more than we lose? Email me at info at missionevolution.org and give me your thoughts or questions so we can all share them on the next show. With us this hour discussing the power of collaboration is change agent Sambrita Bansu. Her website, culturecounts.io. Sambrita, we were just getting into cross-functional collaboration. And it, it, I love the way you're saying, well, there's, um, you know, different, within a company, there's the different areas where the people don't necessarily communicate very well because they are design different their function is different it's like me trying mm-hmm. to talk to a, an IT guy or you know it's like I can mm-hmm. I can tell you about uh, uh, shamanism or interviewing but I can't tell you how the silly mm-hmm. computer works <laughs> um, so how do yeah. you bridge that how do you make people you know make, give people tools to be able to communicate when there's no common ground yeah that's a great question um, and I think that you know one of the most valuable tools that I have used um, in workplaces is really, um, you know, organizing events that allow for the opportunity to share stories. So, you know, storytelling has been such a powerful tool 
um, in workplaces to just kind of, you know, give employees uh, some insight into each other's lives aside outside of work. Um, so one of the things um, in the events that my nonprofit has patented, patented actually is a unity in diversity workshop and event that we bring into organizations monthly, um, which is really kind of a invitation for employees to come together. And it's sort of like an open mic, you can say, um, where employees are really invited to come in, bring their, you know, share either a story or a piece of art or, um, you know, a song, dance, whatever kind of creative form that they want to that tells a story about something in their lives. Um, and this has been kind of a very powerful and unique way of communicating across lines. So I think, you know, creating more types of opportunities like that um, through not only live events, but through, um, you know, like a company intranet, through newsletters has been powerful. Um, and also getting leadership involved when possible. You know, the more leadership kind of is promoting the diversity initiative and is sharing their own stories, I think the more impact that we've gotten. You know, as, as I'm listening to you, it sounds to me like you're, you know, most people or most situations, organizations, try to stamp out diversity to get unity. And it sounds to me like you're trying to use diversity to get creativity going. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that, you know, in my experience, creativity and um, it, storytelling has have just been a huge part of um advancing diversity and inclusion, and also just creating healthier organizations, creating organizations where people really feel like they want to be there and they want to get to know one another. People tend to feel more comfortable when they're all on the same page, though. How do you work around that? Well, I wouldn't necessarily say that's true. I would say that, you know, there there definitely are... um, you know, there there is definitely this bias of each mind, the, all of our minds, that, yeah, we want to see what is, we want to be around what is familiar, what is, you know, common to us. But then we also have this, uh, this capacity for curiosity. Um, you know, we also have this desire to explore and to learn new things. That's why we go and, and travel. And, you know, the more these types of opportunities are presented in the workplace, um, the more we, the, the mind itself becomes more creative. Um, and that really benefits the company as well, you know, because if the mind is more innovative and they're doing better things for the organization. So it's a win-win. What strategies have you developed to counteract the tendency to judge against diversity? Yeah, um, well, that is, you know, it's a complex question because it, that is, it's very unconscious, right? So it's, it can be very implicit. And um, so there's a term implicit bias, which is, you know, something that kind of appears, but it's, it can be very difficult to identify. Um, and, you know, some of the strategies, I guess, that I can say, we've used is really developing a playbook um, in terms of how communication should be managed in organizations and how conflict should be managed. 
Um, so actively developing training in conflict management, in emotional intelligence, um, and requiring employees to go through those trainings has been one of the helpful aspects. And then also creating opportunities to have these conversations um, so that employees are really interacting and they're really trying it out. So there's a couple of terms I'd like you to help me with. So implicit bias, yeah. what is that exactly? So that is, you know, basically our bias against anything that is different or anything that, um, you know, we may have had a previous experience with or we may feel that we have knowledge of from from the past and it's impacting kind of how we currently behave or how we currently think. Um, so, you know, as an example, I might have previously you know, had a bad experience with someone from a certain culture. Um, and, you know, maybe that it had nothing to do with their culture. It was just that unique individual that I had a bad experience with. But because of that experience, I, my brain automatically kind of, you know, associates it with the culture. So the next person that I see, um, that I meet, who is from that culture, I will think back, you know, my mind will actually um, revert back to that previous experience, and that'll impact my current behavior. So, so that those goes back the to the neurological really ruts. It goes back yeah. to the neurological yeah. ruts, you know, you know, okay, needs your reaction. Exactly. And, and then what's emotional uh, intelligence? So emotional intelligence is really our capacity for self-awareness. So when we're looking at bias, um, you know, it's very important to recognize that bias is present in everyone, including ourselves. So, you know, the problem that comes up a lot in workplaces and in society is that um, it can be a lot about pointing fingers. So everyone kind of wants to be the moral superior and say that, oh, you're biased because you acted a certain way. Um, but emotional intelligence is really the act of or really the training to know when we ourselves are being biased. So turning the finger around also um, to ourselves and noticing our own kind of weaknesses, our own um, areas that we need to overcome. Um, and it, along with that is kind of developing this empathy for others um, rather than judging or rather than being morally superior to them. Empathy is a huge subject, isn't it? So <laughs> one, one yeah. I think we'll, we'll probably have to get into after the break. But for right now, yeah. how, how do you see diversity as serving evolution? Uh, well, you know, I think that it is the key to evolution. It's, um, you know, it's really about fostering this awareness that none of us, no single person has the complete truth. We all just have our individual experiences. And, you know, the more that we put them together, the closer we can get to understanding a complete truth or, you know, getting a complete picture. So it's kind of like, you know, we're all just pieces of a puzzle. Um, and, you know, we're all just different points of view. And once we put them all together, the overall puzzle makes up the truth. 
So you know, there's a, there's a lot of indigenous legends about that, where the the nations were cast to the four corners of the earth, but each had a piece of the truth, and the whole truth wouldn't be known till they all brought them back together. It looks like those are the times we're in, isn't it? Exactly, and I firmly believe in that. As someone who has traveled also all over the world, I've learned just so much from that experience, from being immersed in these different cultures and different ways of thinking that, um, yeah, I absolutely think that's true. I, I too have the advantage of being, have been brought up all over the world, but what about the people that they, that haven't been, and they've been kind of isolated mm. into a particular culture? How do you crack those tough nuts? Yeah. Um, you know, that is the challenge and, that is why, you know, an event like Unity and Diversity can be so valuable because at least, you know, if even if someone has not had the cultural exposure or, you know, the just the breadth of exposure that others have had, at least, you know, they can hear stories um, within their own workplace from of people from diverse backgrounds. And, you know, storytelling in itself is something that's so much more powerful than just explaining because storytelling is a way to really get someone to understand your world. Um, So, you know, effective storytelling really empowers your audience to actually try on your experience and to really feel like they were there. Mm. And that's why, you know, it can be, it can be a really powerful tool, especially when travel is not an available option. Yeah, storytelling has been with us forever, and it is so powerful. Unfortunately, or, or fortunately, it's time for another quick pause. Sambrita and I will return to our discussion, so you stay right there. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show. We're coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Next up, we're going to talk about empathy and the part it plays in adjusting to diversity. audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com, or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Join Patty Conklin and Healing Within Radio each week. More than entertainment, Healing Within offers... 
Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. There's educational, useful tools for everyday life. Listen for help overcoming fear, anxiety, and depression. Patty knows about eliminating cancer, MS, dementia, Parkinson's, and a host of illnesses that we face every day. Life can be good. Life is good. All you need are simple tools to start changing your life. Start right now by visiting pattyconklin.com. P-A-T-T-I-C-O-N-K-L-I-N. No matter where you are in the world, you can work with Patty through Skype, phone, or in person visiting one of her retreats in Georgia. Visit pattyconklin.com today or call our offices at 404 474 0086. That's pattyconklin.com or call 404-474-0086. Mission Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality. It's formulated from zoolite, whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit VitalityHappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show. Did you know our entire Leading Edge, information-packed, past episode collection is available to listen or download with our compliments? Visit our archives at www.missionevolution.org for our ever-growing selection of guests and topics. This hour, we're speaking with change agent Sambrita Basu about navigating change. Her website, culturecounts.io. Sambrita, we were talking about empathy in the in the last segment and um how does empathy uh, developing empathy how does that help us deal with diversity in a creative way yeah you know one of the um one of the uh distinctions that i make is between empathy and moral superiority or judgment 
as I call it. Um, so, you know, I think that the way that we are wired and just the way our society has always worked is that if we encounter um, a belief system that's different from ours, we kind of are wired to judge it and say, okay, that's wrong, you're wrong, I'm right. And empathy is really overriding that that tendency to judge and um, really listening to the other person, listening to their point of view um, and trying to understand it and trying to mirror it back to them before we make an argument. So, so does that using, kind of answer your question? Using reflective listening, kind of. Yes, yeah. Active okay, listening, so, reflective listening. Yep. Yeah, so... so uh, it sounds like judgment comes from the mind and empathy involves the heart. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we as a society, we are very mind oriented, which is why we will automatically go to judgment and we'll automatically go to, you know, our kind of rationalizations rather than uh, going to our hearts and really connecting with each other. And that's part of, you know, the big shift that, our society needs to make. It's it's devastating to be in a society where the mind has ruled for so long that some people can never even connect with their heart. And if you can't connect with your heart, how can you mm. connect with each other? Absolutely. I mean, that is uh, one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest I would say hurdles in the work that I do, especially in the U.S. You know, and I lived in India for a long time as well. It was very interesting just how different the two cultures are in terms of emotional intelligence and really understanding the heart and feeling the heart and feeling feelings. So that's often, yeah, it's often viewed in our culture as weak if you're coming from your feelings versus versus your intellect. Um, Can you give me an example of how that is not the case? How that is not a weakness? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I can even give a, uh, I guess, you know, a story that comes to mind is a few months ago, I was part of a uh, diversity event in New York City. And um, at the event, you know, there were actually very diverse kind of political views present. Um, And we had a roundtable where we were discussing certain issues. And, you know, there was one man who was kind of a staunch conservative and who was kind of triggering others at the at the table with his ideas and his beliefs, because, um, you know, most of, I guess, the attendees were more on the liberal side. So, um, you know, I chose to actually instead of, you know, jumping on the guy or even judging him. I tried to just, you know, really listen to him and actually look into his eyes and listen actively to what he was saying listen, and ask questions actually about, you know, where did he come up with these ideas? You know, what was it in his background that um, made him maybe dislike immigrants and, uh, you know, d- dislike immigration and feel these strong feelings? Um And even though I was getting somewhat triggered as well, I really chose to listen to him and empathize instead of arguing. 
and I felt the power of what that created, you know, because I think that was probably very unexpected for him. And although, you know, I don't think that that has changed his mind completely, I think it did create a shift for him. You know, I, I felt a connection between our hearts that transcended words. So, so we, we tend to get into a combative state when we don't feel like we're being validated or heard. Um, how yeah. can we make others feel like they're being heard? Yeah, exactly what I said is, um, you know, really looking into one's eyes. Um, and I know that that can sound, that it sounds kind of, uh, well, not to you because you're more of a spiritual person like I am. Um, but I know that to certain more mental people that can just sound very woo-woo and soft. But really looking into one's eyes and listening actively um, and trying to empathize with them rather than, you know, speaking over them or responding immediately even after they say something. So just being open yourself to a different viewpoint, mm -hmm. even though you're not going to go away with it necessarily, but to be able to align with it enough to hear what they're saying. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Well, you know, we've all been programmed and indoctrinated by our respective cultures into certain ways of thinking and behaving. And a lot of it, like you mentioned, is unconscious. How does we individuals start to recognize this programming? Well, yeah, I mean, it's an active process. And that's why I say that, you know, when I go into workplaces, um, you know, it's so important to have active sort of um, initiatives in place. So, for example, creating opportunities, creating layouts that allow for uh, different types of people to have more conversations, to, you know, have more cross-cultural events in workplaces. Um, so, you know, the idea is really to get out of our comfort zones and create situations that allow people to get out of their comfort zones. Uh, what kind of a container do you provide so that they can do it and feel safe in the process? Well, you know, most workplace events are safe when they are facilitated correctly. So, you know, I mean, that's kind of what we're there for, um, you know, so I'll come in and be the facilitator for a while, you know, and kind of help them develop a playbook or a strategy for, you know, how meetings can be held in the future, how lessons from these events can be applied to everyday work life, you know. Um, but absolutely, I mean, it's very important that everyone feels safe and everyone feels heard. And so if there's a situation where conflict arises, um, I am there to kind of help diffuse that and also to serve as an example for how it can be diffused in the future. So do you sometimes get uh, people that are, going, okay, fine with all this warm and fuzzy stuff. Now, how, how can we get the job done? You know, this is, this is taking too much time. Oh, yeah. How do you deal with oh, yeah. that? Um, it's tough, you know, and really this doesn't work in every workplace. Um, diversity really needs to be a key initiative of leadership and it needs to, you know, the leadership needs to be the ones to really see that, okay, you know, this needs to be brought in. And then if they are sponsoring it and if they are on board with it, then we get much more engagement with employees and with middle managers. 
Um, but yeah, you know, if that's not the case and if diversity is more of kind of a side thought or just, um, you know, it's just kind of like pushed off to the side and not really an enterprise initiative, then yeah, we don't get the success that we would want to see. It's like they're throwing away a treasure though, aren't they? Yeah, but unfortunately, you know, not everyone sees that. And, um, you know, it's my job. It's what my mission is to help organizations see that. Um, and I do use my business background to show, um, to make that business case for diversity as much as possible. But, you know, every company is in a different place and a different stage. And so we have to adjust to that. Well, like every individual is in a different place as well. Is there something yeah. you do to create the space um, when you're having a meeting um, to set up a, a nice container so that people can relax into it? I mean, I know we touched on that a little bit, mm. but do you have any um, yeah. particular rituals or, or things that you do to create that space? That's a great question. Um, you know, one of the big changes that I make in meetings is, you know, instead of having kind of like a more hierarchical setup where there's, you know, one leader in the front of a room um, and then, you know, a big table where everyone else is sitting um, is to shift to a more circular format. Um, so I found that circles ha are very effective where everyone is seated. Um, so in effect, you know, it creates more of a collaborative atmosphere where everyone can feel empowered. Everyone can feel like a leader in the space um, and you don't have as much of a hierarchy set up there. So it's, does, do you find that that encourages people to participate more? Absolutely. Yeah. Because also, you know, um, it allows for better eye contact with everyone in the, in the circle. Um, whereas, you know, the previous format is kind of like all eyes are just on the person who's speaking. And the person um, up front has, you know. to, has to perform and everybody else has to listen. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's less yeah. performative and it's more, you know, more Inclusive. collaborative. But we need to take yeah. another commercial break. Sabrina and I will be back shortly to continue our discussion. So don't go away. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. 
They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not so secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hyde can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. Did you expect your business to flourish, but instead it plateaued or didn't get off the ground yet? Would you like to achieve massive goals and discover new sources of income within your business? When you're ready to experience that type of success with fast results, Cindy Hendricks is the business coach for you. Her work with entrepreneurs and business owners has been life-changing. To get you and your business where you want to be, go to imaginemoresuccess.com. Has the fear of public speaking stalled your business or personal life? What would you give to develop and maintain supreme confidence? Have an invaluable private program to always perform at your best. Imagine how you would feel. You can have all that and so much more today with Thomas Hyde's life-changing course called Number One Fear Unleashed. Visit NumberOneFear.com and be liberated from your fear of public speaking. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I love to hear from our listeners. Your thoughts are very important to me. To suggest a topic or a guest that you think would be of interest, email me at info at missionevolution.org. This hour, we're sharing thoughts with Sambrita Basu. Her website, 
culturecounts.ior, excuse me, .io. Samprita, let's talk about conflict. Um, one thing that I've learned over the years, and it's been difficult for me because I've never particularly enjoyed conflict, is how creative it can be if you stay in your heart with it. Would you mind speaking to that a little bit? Yeah, I would love to. Um, so conflict, you know, is really um, an opportunity. And that's kind of what I try to teach in my workshops and in my coaching is that um, it is really a, a opportunity to see that, one, you know, conflict is not about you or me, but it's more about a situation. So a lot of the times, you know, what can happen is that if conflict arises, we tend to blame the other person, um, whereas it can be more related to a situation than to a specific person. And so, you know, it's an opportunity to really detach ourselves from kind of the you and me of it and find kind of a common solution um, to whatever the problem is. So it's, a, you know, if we can reframe conflict into that, uh, into that paradigm, then there's endless possibilities for solving it. And that's what I try to do. How much um, is misunderstanding involved in most conflict? Oh, a big part, you know, and a lot, a lot of that arises just from really not listening. Uh, what we were talking about earlier, uh, where, you know, we're not very good as a society at listening to others. Um, you know, we are kind of wired to want to talk and want to respond and argue. Um, and that's where a lot of misunderstanding can come in. The other part is that, you know, we especially in workplaces, I mean, communication training is not a huge focus, um, whereas it should be, you know, learning how to effectively communicate our feelings and our needs is such an important skill that we're just not born with and we are not really trained in formally at any point in our lives. And so, of course, misunderstanding occurs and then it propagates. Doesn't, um, you know, when we start getting, and, and because the world is shrinking, there's more and more and more of us, more cultures are getting kind of crammed together. Extreme yeah. diversity is becoming much more common. And doesn't that also propagate misunderstanding because we're so different? Oh, yes, it does. And you can see that especially in, you know, different work styles, different um, ways of, you know, different thought styles. And, you know, I would say that's one of the big sort of um, problems or drawbacks right now with how we even define diversity is that, you know, traditionally in companies, diversity is still kind of being defined as just like gender diversity, cultural diversity, racial. Um, but, you know, there's a deeper level where there's also thought diversity, there's communication diversity, um, you know, there's just background diversity and those things are not addressed at all. And until we address those areas, we're not going to get true inclusion. Mm. Let's, let's discuss the value of creative conflict. Can there be value in conflict? And if so, how do we, how do we uh, uncover that? Yeah, um, you know, the value of conflict is really first seeing, again, that, you know, these are just two different points of view, neither one is right or wrong. Um, you know, they, 
so, I mean, I can give an example in workplaces that might come up um, is that, you know, one team has a certain goal um, that they want to achieve and they have certain metrics that they need to reach. And another team will have totally different goals and metrics and they need to work together. And sometimes those, those goals will oppose each other. Um, and so it's an opportunity to really come together and kind of brainstorm and see, okay, how do we both win in this situation? Um, now that we, un- you know, the first step is really understanding, you know, each other's point of view. Um, so having that empathy to understand. And then from there, building, you know, a solution. So how do we work together to have both of our goals met? Can we actually agree to disagree and still collaborate? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think that that's uh, that's a lot of the times what needs to happen is, um, you know, not taking a disagreement personally. And that's kind of the mistake that's made a lot of the times is that, you know, we do tend to kind of, you know, look at disagreements as a personal problem, a personal, you know, dislike. Whereas, it, you know, if we can detach ourselves from from that way of thinking and just, uh, you know, look at it more objectively, then we can actually come to a solution. How can we come together and use our differences to evolve into a more powerful, inclusive culture? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, just through empathy, um, through seeing that our point of view, our needs are not the only needs that are out there. Um, so in, you know, in the workplace example, looking kind of more broadly. Um, so, you know, the problem that happens is that in organizations, these teams are typically very siloed and they don't get a complete picture of the organization because of that. They kind of only get a picture of their team and their individual goals. Um, and so it requires really developing a broader awareness of, okay, what's good for the organization, um, you know, and then what's good for society at large. And that can be very different from what's good for just our team alone. So it's kind of like um, so looking at the really entire, assist. it's like looking at the entire body instead of just a toothache. Exactly. Yeah. So it is a shift and um, it's uh it's really about creating those the opportunity and leadership needs to take a big part in that and creating the opportunity for teams to see kind of the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Evolving into a larger way. Um, Sembrita, yeah. where, can, where can people find out more about you and your work? Well, uh, you know, I have our website is culturecounts.io, which you mentioned a couple of times. There are a lot of resources there case studies, as well as a lot of thought leadership, um, which is also published on Medium. So I'm actually a type top diversity author on Medium. Um, so if you look up Sambrita Basu or Rimi Basu, I go by both, then you would find a lot of writing on the diversity thought leadership. Um, I would say those are the two best areas. And then we're also on Facebook, on LinkedIn. So All those yeah. fun places. <laughs> So, yes. Sambria, what what is your vision for the future as as we evolve into this new way of collaboration? Oh, that's such an inspiring question. I really hope for you know seeing more organizations that 
um, are operating in an agile fashion. Um, and I want to play a big part in that, in helping to empower employees to, um, you know, feel more like leaders, more, um, more able to kind of, you know, do the work that they want to do to be who they want to be in the workplace. Um, and a lot of that comes from really enabling this collaboration in workplaces that isn't quite there yet, but I really hope to see it in the future. Do you think that uh, we can help an individual um, discover more about their individuality so they know what to bring to the table? Oh, that's a great question. Yes, absolutely. I mean, through coaching, um, you know, through really having first the desire for self-exploration. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of employees do take their own leadership for granted. They, you know, go into the workplace and um, will just go along with kind of the way things are. Uh, Whereas, you know, the more opportunities they have for self-exploration, for self-discovery, for knowing their own strengths and weaknesses, um, the more empowered they can become. And so coaching is a huge tool, a huge part of what I do. So it's taking it back to um, uh, working to uncover emotional intelligence again, yes? Yeah, it's all about self-awareness and self-discovery. So important. Yeah, how can you bring yourself to the table if you don't know what yourself is? Exactly, yeah. And so, you know, it's also up to organizations and leadership to give those opportunities to employees to allow them to do so. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a lot of conditioning to just conform. It's so nice to hear someone bringing out the individuality in a person and having it fit to the greater whole. I can't thank you enough for this very powerful and much needed work you're doing in the world. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak about it. One of my favorite topics. (laughs) It's been my pleasure. Unfortunately, we are out of time. So Sabrina, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Gwilda. And take care. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Our guest this hour has been Sabrina Basu, a culture and change agent, entrepreneur, and thought leader who coaches and consults organizations on how to effectively navigate change and improve organizational health. Her website, culturecounts.io. Remember, our entire information-packed past episode collection is available for listen or download free of charge. Visit our archives at www.missionevolution.org for our ever-growing selection of guests and topics. This has been Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xedbn.net. Please join us next time as this mission continues, bringing information, resources, and support to an evolving world. Music